Do you believe in accountable love? Welcome to Accountable Love, home of the love snobs where love is a group journey. My name is Jerry. My name is Aziz. And today we have a spe special guest, Jessica. Hi. Home of the love snobs, love snobs, love snobs. The love snobs have surfaced. You know, the people that actually use honesty to communicate. The genuine friends that refuse to let you feel sorry for yourself. Yes, those people. You know, the friends that collect your tears every time life makes your eyes ring. The love snobs, the people that don't allow you to settle. Support your dreams, but don't support you sleeping with just anybody. You know, the friends that are so judgmental, they actually stay away from negative people and encourage you to surround yourself with positive people. Yes, that friend. The friends that love you even when you refuse to love yourself. You, you know, know, the, the love, love snobs. snobs. So, you know, the normal question, the first question is always when we have a new guest is, what does accountable love mean to you? So, Jessica, what does accountable love mean to you? Um, to me, accountable love means to base your life decisions on the group and, um, you know, the greater good for your family or your tribe and, um, you know, you're not just looking out for yourself, but you're looking out for um, everybody that you care for. Definitely. I think it also means that, you know, you're, you're only as good as your word. Okay. So if you're going to say that you're going to do something, it's, you need to do it. Um, and also for your significant other, mm -hmm. um, they need to, to do the same. You know, you hold them to what their values and beliefs are as well. Definitely. And it's it's your job and duty to hold each other accountable. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, so, you know, this is the third season of the Accountable Love podcast. And, you know, the third season, the title is the, the adults in the room. Being the adult in the room, excuse me. And, you know, when you hear being the adult in the room, what do you think of? I think... Being an adult in the room means that you need to rise above everybody's and including yourselves emotion. Um, you need to keep in the forefront of your mind um, what your goals are, um, what your agenda is to do and um, make your choices and, and make your decisions based on that. Um, don't let the emotions get the best of you. And if somebody is getting emotional, um don't feed into that oh, okay all right so how often do you find yourself being the adult in the room well i teach preschool so a lot but <laughs> <laughs> um in in life uh i think i've i've developed that a, a real lot because of my son um it i was a very passive person um i've known as East since college and I kind of uh, just kind of agreed with everybody. I was like, okay, well, if you say so, that's what we'll do. And when my son was born, he had a ton of medical um, complications. He still does. And I found myself just, again, agreeing with the doctors, whatever you say, whatever you, you know, you know best. And it wasn't in the best interest of my son. 
and you know my gut my women's intuition whatever you want to call it um was saying otherwise and i needed to step up and and have the confidence to to be able to say you know no that's not right that's not what we need to do here i think we need to do this so um i i'm the adult in the room a lot when it comes to my son and and his what he needs. I will hope we all are the adults in the room when it comes to our children. Well, no, but I think, I think when it comes to doctors, it's very easy to just be like, you know what? They're, they went to school for this. They know best. Yeah, especially, it's their specialty. I mm-hmm. mean, you always should weigh it all out. But when it comes to your personal relationships, how often are you the adult in the room, would you say? I think I struggle with it. I struggle with it a lot with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I still... I get very emotional with her and it's something that, that I will continue to work on. I think I've grown recently with it. Um, but it, it, it's always something that I kind of need, like, I need that post-it note on the mirror saying like, don't let the emotions get the best of you. You know, um, when it comes to relationships with, you know, significant others, um, I feel like I, I do a decent job with that. I, I feel like I communicate pretty well and I, I let, you know, him know what I want and what I'm looking for and what I need. So what about friendships? Like I, not just now, but like through the course of your life. I think um when I was younger, I had a lot of friends, again, based on that kind of whatever you say, um, agreeable personality and uh Again, as I've grown and, and had my son, I've seen the people in my life that weren't really my true friends, who I thought they were, they kind of fell by the wayside when things got tough. Okay. So I have, I have few friends and I am completely dedicated to them, but I, I, I don't need a lot of friends. I, I think it's, I mean, I think it would be great to have a lot, but not too many people have uh, stepped up to do that. Okay, definitely. So, like, I, we, we heard you mention that, you know, through the course, you've been very passive through the course of life. You've been passive and agreeable and things of that nature. And did you did you believe, honestly, that that was the best way to be or what caused you to be that way? I think that's just how I was raised, you know. Um, I was brought up to be a, a good little girl, a Catholic. You do what you're told. Um get good grades in school and you sit quietly and raise your hand when you want to answer a question. And uh, that's just, I guess that's kind of what I grew up with. And I, I learned the hard way that that's, you can't, you can't go through life like that. At least I can't, I can't go through life like that and, and be truly happy. Cause you, you know, my convicted, do you believe that people in general should adapt that? mentality the mentality like speak up say what they want i do i think um there's a way to do it but you can't just be rude to people you know i still think that you need to have some common courtesy (laughs) isn't there like a fine line between being rude and isn't that like subjective like if i tell you something that you may that I may not think it's rude. I'm just being, I'm I'm just being honest about what's happening. But because it may 
have struck a, struck a chord or you feel like it's private, but you may think that it's rude. You know what I mean? So isn't that subjective? I do. I think um, intention has a lot to, a, a lot to play in it. Are you, are you telling me something to embarrass me in front of other people? Or are you telling something, telling me something that's going to make you a good friend? If I got something on my face and you're going to sit there and stare at me when I got something on my face, you know, I don't, that's not being a good friend. You know, you need to Speak help up. each other out. Uh -huh. But, you know, if you're going to be extra about it and start making fun of me and degrade me about it, well, that's, you know, that's a different story. So I think intention has a lot to do with it. Wouldn't you think reading intentions and going back to what Jerry was saying, we, you know, like obviously we're New Yorkers. We grew up with a bunch of coach, culture around us, a bunch of different cultures, a bunch of different things. And like, I'm from Spanish Harlem, Jerry's from Spanish Harlem. And when most people meet us, when we go out of town, we're considered rude to people because we actually snap on each other for fun, but we really believe it's building character. We actually poke at people's insecurities and poke fun at people's, like they fail or we make fun of them, but we strongly believe through our culture that it's building character. Like it's yeah. teaching them how to really, really be strong when it comes to other people. So like, a lot of our friends said, oh, I've been all over the place and it's like nothing now because, you know, we grew up in this kind of culture. We grew up in this kind of system. We grew up in this kind of understanding, whereas most people would consider it rude. Yeah. But are, are you guys busting each other or are you busting complete strangers? No, no, no it's people that we have. It's each other. It's like people we have right. relationships with. But still in all, like I can tell Aziz, like, hey, you're breasting. And he can think that I'm being rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but the, the reality is he needs to brush his teeth. Like there's no, when you're being honest about certain things that there's no, there's not a way to sound like there's a, you can change your tone so you can sound nicer or what appears to be nice, but there's no easy way or not, or better way to say it. Right. I can say, Hey, I could be passive aggressive and say, Hey, Aziz, I could, I could start off like, Hey, Aziz, did you brush your teeth today? And he's like, no, why? I'm like, Oh, cause I, you know, I think I smell something. When I could just say, Hey, whether he brushes teeth or not, your breath is smelling a little tart. You need to go brush your teeth again. Yeah. Whatever you know what I mean, like, and I should be able to say that without him thinking I'm being rude. Same for me. If I if I look a certain way, if I'm looking rough, he can be, he can say, "Hey, you going out like that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" Instead of you cut all of that, I'm like, "Hey, you look a little rough. Where are you going?" <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Right, and I I completely agree with you guys when it comes to the people that you care about. Definitely. I was I meant like you know, somebody up on the street and you have no idea who they are and you walk up and like, yo, your breath stinks. Like that's a, a totally different. Yeah, but I'm saying speaking up for yourself. So that was, we was just talking about your personal relationships and when you have friendships and you was like, well, I guess I do it, but we was asking you to really be convicted in it. Like yeah. you learn from your, you learn from it as a mistake. So mm -hmm. you teach it to other people. When you see somebody else being passive, you're like, listen, you're going down a slippery slope because it doesn't end with your happiness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't end with people having a clear understanding of who you are. You know what I mean? It doesn't end with you being real. Like you consider yourself being nice, but really you're being fake and phony because nobody right. truly knows who you are. No, and I, right? I feel like I, I used to live for other people's happiness. Definitely. And you, you give, 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 and then there's nothing left of you. Definitely. So that's what we was really touching on. Like, when you say it's rude, yeah, walking up and invading other people's space is different. But even with perfect strangers, there needs to be a certain direct, like, 
we, we, we come from the school of thought, like there's nothing stronger than a straight line. There's no more clarity than a straight line. So you should be direct no matter what. But like you said, intention, are you doing it to hurt a person's feelings? Mm-hmm. Are you doing it to make fun of the person? Are you doing it to degrade the person or to berate the person or, you know, things of that nature? I think that's the difference. Are you making fun of their insecurities just to feel better about yourself? That's, right. that's a whole different understanding versus you're trying to support them and you're trying to help them. You know, like I could even tell a story of how I learned how not to touch a blind person in the street. You know, a blind lady was ready to get on the, on the, on the, um, a blind lady was ready to get on the train and she couldn't get there. She couldn't get to the door. So my first instinct obviously is to support her because the door is ready to close. So I was ready to risk it all. And she cursed me out. (laughs) And then she told me straight up, you do not touch a blind lady. You have to ask permission first. You have to talk to them first. You have to, but my instincts was what? To, To protect her. So my intentions was up to par, but I got a lesson from it. So now I, you know, know it's just like CPR. You have to ask first. You have to ask permission before you support them, support somebody that's blind. So that would just be an example of how we understand, even through intention, you still, there's still certain protocols you have to follow once you have information and education. Absolutely. Yeah. But but a lot of times you got to learn that the hard way, just like you did. You know, you got cussed out, but you're not going to do that again, though. You learn from that. I mean, even in the same situation, I might do it again because I thought she was in danger, you know? Right. Or if you didn't know she was blind or something. Yeah. But exactly. So it it is is a lesson learned. But at the same time, like intentions, there's two parts to it. You know what I mean? Intentions and understanding the person's likes and dislikes. You have to know both. Because if you're with somebody that really don't think that you should be nice, like you should tell them things direct and you know it's going to kill who you are as a person and you might not even be friends with that person. Mm-hmm. You're still going to respect the fact that they don't want to be told anything directly, but you're going to have to make a decision based on that because you're going to compromise yourself if you are a direct right. person. Right. So I think there's two things we always got to take into account, the intentions and you know whether the person likes it or doesn't like it mm-hmm. and then see from there to make that decision. But, you know, we, we heard you like, obviously your closest relationship right now, you know, is your child. And how, you know, how is it entering relationships like building new friendships or building new new partnerships or, you know, how is that with your, you know, the outside life or your personal life or building personal relationships outside of that? Um, It's definitely something that, uh, it's it's complicated. It's it's complicated with, I think with any children, you know, if if you have kids, you got to put their needs first, but you know, with mine, um, he's, he's a lot. He's, and I need to know with any relationship that I have, if that person is, is going to be able to be in our lives is going to be able to handle, um, how different my life looks compared to, people with typical kids. Um, you know, I've, I have a, a friend who, uh, she, she gets very queasy when it comes to anything medical. So the first time that, that she met my son was when we were in Philly in the NICU and God love her. Like she knew, she knew going into it that this was tough for her. And she came anyways to, you know, to a two hour drive 
and she got in and she saw him hooked up to all the machines and the tubes and you know the beeping and all that and she turned pure white she had to sit down she's like i'm gonna pass out but you know it meant so much to me because she did something that she knew she was probably gonna faint over and uh but she was there you know and i will never forget that definitely and there are people that they they face it head on or and you know when it comes to kids or people with special needs a lot of people they don't know how to react there's not a lot of i think people don't want to talk about it so when their kid points to my kid and says what's wrong with him or look at look at his glasses or look at what's on his ears or you know whatever parents immediately shush them and nothing makes a, a special needs parent feel worse than to be overlooked and to be shushed and to be shied away mm -hmm. the best thing to do is, is come up and talk to us and say hey my son was wondering what's what's on his ears or why does he walk like that or what's that thing in his stomach because we want to educate people we want to make connections and i think that's that's what it's about bottom line is people no matter what they look like or, or what they have going on it's about connection Definitely. So you have you had the opportunity to educate some of these parents or, you know, children in passing or I don't know if you and Joey go to the park or if there's ever a time when there are other kids that you are in the same the same the same area and you, you can educate at that time. Do you have those opportunities? They're few and far between because like I said, we we encounter a lot of people that just make very rash decisions. Um I can remember I was in the grocery store with him and I was pushing him in, in the shopping cart and he was piled with toilet paper and, and napkins and paper towels because he, he physically could not sit up. He was, he had no strength and a woman was with a teenage daughter and they were walking by and they said, um, they pointed to me and to him and they said, that's what happens when you do drugs when you're pregnant. Oh, wow. Mm. So a lot of people wow. that, at least the, the comments that I have heard, have been very harsh. And I, I've definitely had to develop a, a thick skin when it comes to, to that. But I notice a lot of people, they'll come up and try to talk to him. And he's not responding. He's deaf. So immediately I'm like, you know, he can't hear you. He's not being rude. He's deaf. And they immediately say, oh, I'm so sorry or I'll pray for you. And I'm like, we don't need to be prayed for. Like, I appreciate it, but you can, you can wave hi. And it's just those simple things that I think they feel more embarrassed than anything. Definitely. I think like this goes back to, this brings us straight back to what we was talking about with them with strangers. You see, like they're treating you like you were saying that we should treat people outside. Like, yeah, it would. It, it is taught to us if you see a kid with special needs, it's rude to point, stare, look, even ask questions. Yeah, that's what's told us. But you have a different approach because now you have a child with special needs, and now you understand the culture more, and now you understand that you're a minority now. So you get to see like there's a lot of things being taught that aren't basically what you want because you're being isolated, you're being shunned. 
Right. You're not, you don't, you don't really encounter people being themselves because they look at you and they automatically see charity. They automatically right. see disgust. They don't see the person. So do you experience that now when you get into more intimate relationships, do you find yourself uh, experiencing that same level of like charity and being looked down upon and things of that nature? Sometimes um, I think I appreciate when, and I, I tell people right up front, you know, ask me anything, a, a question to me, like you can't insult me by asking a question and you're not going to understand or, or fully know us until if something's on your mind, you need to ask me about it. Definitely. Um, but I think I'm, I'm pretty selective when it comes to who I, I let in, in Joey's life. Um, I will say when, when he was small and, and when I was um, pregnant with him, I had um, a couple other acquaintances and we were all pregnant at the same time. So all of our kids grew up together and I could remember, you know, all that they would get together for play group and, and swim lessons and, um, we were never invited mm. and it, it, it hurt. So I think I'm right now. I'm, I kind of have like focus eyes on, on who I'm going to let in because I don't want, you know, I'm protective of him yeah. and I, it was, it was my fault for not stepping up and saying, Hey, could we come to but yeah, this is the accountable love show. So at that time, podcast. yep. So at that time, I was like, I'm just you... all my emotions. I was feeling hurt and I was crying and I was like, I can't believe they would do this to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I had that opportunity to, Definitely. to approach them and say, Hey, can I bring Joey? Definitely. Or uh, confront them about how you was feeling. Yeah. Because we, we typically, you know, you typically taught that the nice person is, or the passive person is the greatest person in the world, but really they're doing, they, they, they're doing harm to themselves and they're actually doing harm in your relationships because they're not really truly letting you in. They're mm-hmm. telling you what you need to hear, what they want to hear. They're always in their head. Yeah. They're not fully living. You fully don't, fully don't understand what they like, don't like. They're just, you know, trying to survive, like mm-hmm. trying to survive every relationship instead of living within the relationship. So, you know, we find that to be, yeah, it's a little hard. I mean, like you said, we met in college and you already know we was from different cultures, different backgrounds, and I wasn't changing for anybody. So we all knew, you know, you either get down or, but at the same time, I always encourage you to speak your mind, say what you have to say. Was that difficult for you? Like, No, I think, you know, and I don't, I'm sure you remember, but we met at a time when I was, I was at my, my lowest, my, my boyfriend had just died in college Mm -hmm. and you were the only person that was not treating me like I was going to fall apart and, and, and die right next to him. And I, I believe I asked you that I, I said to you, you know, why, why aren't you acting like everyone else around me? Why aren't you walking on eggshells? Do you remember that? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Do you remember what you point, said? 
because I, you, you, you're the one that still has life. You still have to live. I want to understand you. I want to understand what you're going through versus sitting there and just treating you a certain way. How you know you want to be treated. And the thing is, you was feeling guilty because the relationship wasn't going well. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked at you like, oh, that's his girlfriend. And you're thinking like, yeah, I was not going to be with him. Like, I was going to break up with him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we did meet and like, it does seem like we, we, we keep coming in contact when, you know, you're going through things. But at the end of the day, like one thing you know about me and one thing our relationship, what made our relationship good is because we both believed in some form of accountability, right? Well, and I, I find comfort in that. I find a lot of comfort in somebody who's just blatantly honest, who's going to tell you how it is. And there is, you know, I get in my head and for when there's people that they don't speak their mind, you you can be constantly wondering what they're thinking or what, if what they're saying is really what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And with you, that was, it was a no brainer because you said whatever you thought. Definitely. And I'm like, this is refreshing to finally have someone that I know exactly where we stand. And that's what I strive to be, you know? (laughs) Definitely. But how how was that when when you would, when he would say things that you didn't agree with, you don't want to deal with, I would cry. I would, I would shut down. I would, and it would take me a couple days to really like reflect on it and think about it, and then, you know, go back and usually it was me being like, you know what, you're right, and that's for a while that was hard as a woman to say, oh, you're right. That that's a big thing between anybody, mm-hmm. and right, and now you know it doesn't bother me at all to admit when somebody's when I'm wrong. I, I think it's growth. You, if you are constantly thinking that you're in the right, you're not going anywhere. You're at a standstill. When you was, when you, when you looked over at it from afar, what did you think? Being a basketball player, always walking around, head high, focused. I, th- I think that I thought we had absolutely nothing in common, mm-hmm. you know, and we do, we come from different worlds. I'm like, small town, Pennsylvania, you know, you go to the corner store and your guys are like big city life. So (laughs) was you intrigued? Did you find yourself intrigued by the city life or did you really just want to be the small town girl, go to school, graduate and go back to a small town? Yeah, I think I did. I mean, I wanted to stay in Reading. I did for until I, I was student teaching and I, I saw what those little kids went through. And I realized, you know, I was out to change the world. That's why I became a teacher. I was going to change everybody's life and make everybody, I was going to rescue the whole world. And then I student taught in inner city Reading. And I'll never forget a little girl walked in and her whole eye was swollen shut. Her whole side of her face was purple. Mm. And uh, I said to the, the teacher, I said, what, you know, what happened to her? And she said, oh, she knocked over her daddy's pot on the coffee table. She won't do that again. And, you know, there was obviously like the, everybody was involved. And, and I realized like, I'm not saving the whole world. <laughs> That's, uh, I can only do so much. So I, I, uh, 
I did. I, I lived in Reading for a little bit and um, I moved back home after my uncle died. He was 39. Hmm. And at that exact same time, the place I was living at was uh, burglarized when I was at work. Wow. So it kind of all happened the same week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm out. I, I need to go home. So that's, that's how I got back here. So do you ever feel like trauma? Cause like it's trauma after trauma after trauma. Like seems like every story you tell ends in like trauma. Do you believe like that hurts you? Like when it comes to your personal relationships, when it comes to getting close to people? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think everybody has trauma in their life. Definitely. Um, it just happens that mine, you know, I think a lot of people go through internal trauma. Um, mine, it's your life. It's what you live. So it's, I guess, I don't want to say I'm used to it, but it, I don't really think about it, really. I, you, you can't control it. And I was all about control for the longest time. And I realized the only thing that you can control is how you react to the situations that happen to you. Yeah. And you could either, you know, lose yourself in them. And, or I, I use the analogy, like you could let it dim you or you could grow stronger and let it brighten you. But. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good analogy. So I would like to I would like to go back to the part where you said that in a uh, in a lot of your relationships you're the adult in the room and or you've been the adult and uh, minus the doctors because you know again as a parent you're gonna advocate for your child even in uncomfortable situations you 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 get the the strength the courage to advocate for certain things when it comes to somebody that you deem a, a high authority or maybe have a better say because they studied or whatever but when it comes to your personal relationships. Being the adult in the room works for you because that's what you, that's the type of relationship. You like to be direct. You like to get things, you like to, you like to be direct, right? So mm -hmm. because of that, and you like people to be direct with you, but how many of the people that you're around are giving you that same feedback or being just as honest? Are they, or is it something that you have to convince them or is it something that, you know, you have to encourage them, hey, you can say this in this way, it's okay. I know, like, I, I have done that, that has been like the common theme in my relationships as well. Like I want them, to, I want, I'm going to be honest. So I want them to be just as honest and they kind of tiptoe around it because they're not just, they're not as comfortable. Are you, um, do you experience the same thing? I do. And I kind of shy away from those people that, you know, I give them a chance. I let them know that you can ask me anything. Um, I find that a lot of people kind of flow back and forth in my life if they need some some real sound advice like if they don't know what to do they'll call me because they know that I'm gonna give them my my honest opinion or um but I I have one very close friend and she actually she's a co-worker and her her life is a lot like mine um but she I had heard about her prior to meeting her and I was always told like, Oh, look out. Like, she's like, she's a little tornado. Like, wait, do you don't want to mess with her? And it just so happened that she had moved across the hall from me. And I was like a wreck over it. Cause I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like, I don't need any more drama in my life. 
and I met her and she's, she's now my best friend, but she is again, brutally honest. She, she's like a no nonsense kind of person. It just so happens that she also has a, a child with disabilities. Um, and, but again, and I don't know, I don't know if that, that's what makes, what has made us stronger indirectly is kind of, we didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, she's divorced as well. Um, but she, she tells it how it is and, and her heart is always in the right place. So, but as far as, um, you know, like significant others, you know, I'm, I'm with somebody now and it's new, but, um, things are, are going well. I'm, I, I'm the one who kind of initiates all of the, the topics and the, the questions and stuff like that, but it kind of, I don't have a problem with that just because, you know, I talk to you guys and not everybody has this amazing opportunity. A lot of people don't even know that it, it exists. They, they just flow through life yeah. to not think like you have a direction to go to. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, he does have the outlet. So like, first off, I want to address the brutally, brutally honest comment. Yeah. <laughs> Only people that call it brutally, brutally honest are the people who are trying to make it a negative thing to be direct. She's just honest. Yeah. I don't have it, a, pro a problem with the brutal. brutally part. I, okay, but that in my eyes, that wasn't, that's not. Oh, I don't think, I don't think, I'm just saying it for our listeners. I know for a fact you meant it as a compliment. Yeah. But I'm saying it for our listeners because I, when we was on Let's Talk Relationships, when we had our Let's Talk Relationship webinar, we was talking to the, the people on the panel and one of them was saying how, oh, but and you are brutally honest. honest. And yeah. I'm like, I'm far from brutally honest because my intent is not to harm somebody. And brutal means that my intent is to harm. So I know the definition of brutal and I'm not accepting it. So at the end of the day, I'm honest. I'm direct. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm straightforward, which straightforward means absence of pretense. I don't have a, a negative pretense, right? So I'm looking at it as such. So when I hear brutal, it's automatically... You know, when you know something, it, 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 it triggers something because we you use it so frequently, but it's really gotcha, yeah. was created by, quote unquote, passive people, <laughs> right? It was created by people who feel offended by the truth, not people who embrace the truth. So I always, you know, I always try to correct it as much as possible. Like they're just being honest and that's it. That's good enough. And sometimes being honest will hurt feelings, but they're just being honest. Mm -hmm. But... That's, that's just one that's just one side of it. The second side is you know when we we sit back and we kind of you know we kind of look at like you you seek like well we we was in we was in school how many people you would say was in in school with us? I think there was like twelve hundred it was small our, yeah. our school was small it wasn't big at all, but all them people knew who I was. You know, all them people went to games, things of that nature. They knew who I was. I was loud as can be. But only a few people actually walked towards, like, the man that's actually going to say what's on his mind, that's actually going to really ask you a bunch of questions and truly get to know you. So 
when you were dealing in your relationships, you were saying, you know, like you bring up a lot of the questions, but now he does know that he can seek these things out through podcasts. He can seek these, these things out through TED Talks, through, you know, there's just yeah, so, there's so many, many things, there's so many yeah. resources out there so he can be really engaged in the discussion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, we look, we and we all do it. We let our significant others off the hook. We let our friends off the hook. Cause they, you know, we feel some type of, we feel some validation from it. We feel, you know, like we're protecting them. We feel like we have something to give. We feel like we have something to offer. But we don't really realize, which happens to me a lot, that you're enabling. And then when now you're looking for them to carry the relationship when you're sick or when you can't, you realize they can't carry it. You realize they can't support it. You realize you have been supporting 75% of the relationship. And so if you fall back to 50, who knows? Do you think you experienced that? I'm not saying now, but just in general. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I have experienced that in my past. And, uh, you know, I when major things have come up and I needed to divert my attention to them, that's where ultimately the the relationship uh, uh fell because i was looking for him to step up and uh and carry us through and it didn't happen so i absolutely can attest to that but then you know again being accountable in it i could have told him definitely you need to step up definitely <laughs> Yeah. I can't do this right now. And and those words were never spoken. So 50-50, right? 50 That's my fault, 50 his. Is the Accountable Love podcast. I wouldn't necessarily say 50 yours. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say 50 yours either. I think I would that say it's because... about 30, 37. Yeah. But you only and... can be accountable for what you didn't do. Because a part, of, a part of signing on to a relationship, a part of signing on to whether it's a friendship or a partnership, is understanding that now I'm accountable for somebody else's needs, wants, and desires, you know? And I have to do it in that order, the needs, the wants, and the desires, right? So I have to have a clear understanding of where I'm going, right? So I wouldn't say that, yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't actually speak up, but a piece of you was like, why should I have to, right? And a piece of him was like, why should I, how do I know this? And that's when we, we really get into this weird place. But 70% of it is knowing it's your turn to step up. 30% is, yeah, you should have probably said something when he didn't step up. Mm-hmm. But the first thing happened first. He didn't step up. So that's 70% right there. Somebody said they're going to catch you and they don't catch you. You can't right. say, well, I should have said, I could have should have relied on you to catch me. I shouldn't have relied on you to catch me. Yeah, you should rely on it. You know what I'm saying? But I, yeah, you could have said, oh, you didn't catch me, so I'm not jumping again. You know, you should have, you could have told him what happened based on the fact that they didn't step up. You know, because it goes back to with your friends or, you know, I would say that they probably always was just your acquaintances. They didn't, they didn't, they seen that, that you had a child with special needs and they, they didn't step up. You know, they didn't involve, they didn't include your child. They didn't educate themselves because that's what friends do. Mm-hmm. Friends look at something as an opportunity to let's have the discussion. 
you get what I'm saying? The opportunity to let, let's learn, let's build, let's get closer. You have hardship, let's get closer from it. You get right. what I'm saying? So yeah, it's good to take the accountable and we recommend it all the time. But know, know the percentage you're truly being accountable for. I know, and then I think, you know, when, when the opportunity does, when you do say, you know, I need help or, you know, I need you to be here for me and they, they don't, I think it's very clear and it's, it should be, you know, steps need to be taken to, I don't, it sounds harsh, but like cut that person out of your life. Like if they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain, what are you doing hanging on to it? Cause it, for me, it only causes, if they could do it once, they're going to do it again. And why have them in your life? Yeah, I think that was Jerry's issue when we were growing up all the time. We used to always have back and forths about, you know, like how long, how long does it take for you to, because she knows better. You know, it's not like she doesn't know the information. She knows the information, but she also was battling with upbringing. Well, yeah. Well, the thing, the, the, the thing is, is that I, so you always have that, you know better, you do better, right? So I learned along the way, right? And then I would connect myself with people that didn't really know better either, right? So it's like, I learned this information and I learned this stuff, so I'm teaching it to you. And it took me a while to, to, to get it together and to, and to really make it a mentality and move on. And so I'm allowing them that same space, but at what cost? You know what I mean? Like at what cost? Because the same way that I sought out for the, 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 the extra knowledge or I, or I connected myself with people that will give me that, what, what, what will, will break things down for me and let me know that there's a whole other world of, of ways to look at things that I didn't even know exist, then they could be able to do the same. You know what I mean? And so that's where I, I got tripped up a lot in that. Like, they're not where I'm at, but I wasn't also, I was enabling them, them too because I wasn't really necessarily forcing them to get to where I was either. It's just I provide the information. I know better. I was the adult in the room. And that was kind of like the cycle of it until, you know, Aziz used to challenge me on that too. Like, but you, you put things in place so that you can be in the place that you are right now. Why are they not doing the same? Like you're bringing them this information, you're bringing them this knowledge, you're having the discussion. Why is it that they keep getting, you know, you're not holding them to the same standard that you're holding yourself to or that now that they, they can hold you to. So it, 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 it's, it's that fine line right, of I know better, I do better, I'm around people that don't quite know better, but as long as they have you in your life, as long as they have me in their life, they now know better. So what's the excuse, mm -hmm. right? And then, but then you kind of hang on to them because you're like, well, maybe maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe yeah, they'll decide yeah. the next day. Well, I used to always say, like, Aziz, you gave me, I used to say, like, Aziz, you gave me chance after chance after chance, but did he? Like, he, he played me to, like, he, he always left the door open, but we weren't hanging tight because of it, you know what I mean? So I'm still hanging tight with these people. Like, I'm not even like creating the distance saying, hey, when you get it together, I'll be here on the other side of the door and then maybe we can figure this out. I'm still going hard with them. He's like, no, no, no. Like, if you're not gonna, if this is, if you're gonna keep making excuses for your behavior, then we're not on the same page. And until we're on the same page, then we can't hang as, as closely as we used to. And that's the difference. Like, I'm always committing to the potential. Or I'm always hanging out with people that have potential or ha would hang out with people that have the potential, but that's not enough. 
right? And I think, and that that's that weird place that we get into because we don't, you know, people make us, they, they say the negative things like the brutally honest or the you on your high horse or now you think you're better than me or now this, that, and the third. But when you raise your standards, right? And you change and you create boundaries, you are healthy boundaries, you are in a better place and that's okay. And I never wanted to be looked at as, oh, you think you all that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be in that place. So what I did was I kind of dumbed down and I made excuses and I just continued to have those relationships until it, it eventually came to head because it doesn't, it doesn't really work. If, 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 if you're trying to connect with somebody that's not on the same page with you, then don't have the same beliefs and don't communicate the same, it really doesn't work. So I was holding right. on, holding on because I kind of in the back of my mind knew that it probably wasn't going to work. If they didn't step up, it wasn't going to work. I would even go one step further. In the back of your mind, you knew you wasn't dealing with an equal. Yeah, that too, yeah. Point the relationship that you knew you was going to be, you was going to basically have just his profession of a teacher <laughs> for the rest of your yeah. life. Like, yeah. you were going to decide that you was going to be a teacher for the rest of your life when you truly wanted an equal. So you signed on for somebody who needs you, and that made that gave you some form of self-worth but you realized what you wanted was somebody who wanted you and somebody who was your equal and somebody who gave back to you. And then you was constantly given. So you drank. So you well, felt a little guilty that you kind of told them, Oh, this is going to be the relationship and you're kind of backing out. So that's why most people typically hold on to the, Oh, well, you know, they're, they're working on it or they're getting better. I mean, the other obvious is, you know, the sex is good. The other obvious is, you know what I mean? They, they have money or they're giving you something they're giving you something in return that you don't want to give up those other things reasons but the ultimate underlying reason is that you know you signed the contract that you really wasn't happy with but it's not just with a romantic partner it's it's with friends oh, i know it's just with friends i'm saying i was just using that as an example like oh. it, it happens so you know that that's what that's what i was talking about like it's not just I just wanted Jessica to know it's not just Jessica that goes through it. It's not just, you know, it's not just like, like you're, you're, you're a transformation. You're somebody that she can see. Okay. If I continue to do this, you know what I mean? I'll never ascend to actually finding somebody that I actually, that's my equal because I'm always constantly, well, giving passes, you know, but we also don't recommend just cutting people off either. Like yeah, have, the discussion. have the discussion, see what, see where they at, see if they want to change. And if they truly want to change, then, you know, you kind of like, okay, I'm going to see how much, if it's worth it. Like if they, their pros outweigh their cons, you, you, you kind of doing math at all times, right? You're always kind of measuring, making sure that this person, you know, they're a valuable person, they, their character's good. They just don't get it versus somebody who really doesn't want to, who really started resenting you because you had it all together and they didn't. A person who never had an idea, never wanted to truly change, but wasted years of your life because they wanted you at that particular time. But now they, they, they don't quite want you anymore. And I think there's, there's the guilt of you entered the relationship one way. And as the relationship progressed, you kind of changed, you switched up on them. So the person that they met is not the person that they are that's current. And I think, and that's another thing, that's another area where I used to kind of get tripped up on as well because I felt guilty, like I changed the relationship. Now I want you to change with me and I'm up, and, and now we're, there's, a there's a disconnect. And so just not, and that was my way of taking responsibility is staying in the relationship, right? 
instead of saying the reality is you're right i started the relationship this way now i changed it to this this is where i'm at do you want to is that a place you see yourself if not then we can have that discussion like i didn't do it that way it was i just kept them around because i felt i was i i, I took all the responsibility and said you know what i was wrong for starting a relationship that this way and i kind of set you up to believe that i'm this person but i'm really not or I, I, I changed along the way, or I got insight along the way, so now I'm no longer that person. And it's okay though, because you don't really have to change as much as I did, you know what I mean? Like, I was still grasping for straws and holding on because I didn't really want to end the friendship because like, as you said, there was something within that friendship that I still want, I wanted, whether it was the fun, there was the things we had in common. If I was dating them, it's because I didn't want to, I, didn't, I wanted the partnership. You know, there was like certain things that I held on to, but it gets, the, it gets to this weird place when, you're taking when you want to be accountable, but it's like when accountability goes wrong, because you know, like, am I was I truly accountable? Like, no, I wasn't. But I think too, there's also, like, in my situation, um, I went into my marriage, one person, and then, you know, there's there's things that happen. You know, we had Joey, and that turned everything our lives were, were completely different and we became different people. Hmm. And that wasn't his fault. It wasn't, it was nobody's fault. It just, it's just how it happened. And by the time I think we realized that we were, we were two different people. We were looking for two different things. We were viewing life and happiness two different ways. Um, what a family should be, you know, how, how are we going to cope with this? How are we going to live and, and not just survive, but I wanted to be happy. You know, yeah, Joey has a lot going on. I don't know how, how long he's going to live. Hopefully, you know, he outlives me. I, but I don't know that. And you can't, you can't live your life waiting for the other shoe to drop and, or just basically surviving. So I think there are, are situations or things that happen and, and they make or break a person. And then you kind of have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to remain in this relationship or, or not. And unfortunately that's, that's what happened with me, you know, and I still, I, I care deeply for my ex-husband, you know, he's my son's father but together we just we weren't on the same page anymore well you know like we talked about like that that's that's good to understand and it makes you know the fact that you came to the conclusion to get a divorce a little easier because you know like we were no longer on the same page but when we talk like last week we talked about our last talk relationship discussion we talked about you know how it's so easy especially for a woman right who's in a relationship to say, you know what, I had this baby, so that's going to take over my whole entire life and then forget the relationship, right? Or the job, or, you know, I have this job and in order for me to make partner, I have to put in all these hours and everything falls behind the wayside. But those discussions are not, like those things are not talked about before the kid, before, you know, you, you decided to, to work at the law firm or whatever the case may be. And I think it's really important that although society gives women especially a past a past to hey go chase your career your mom nothing else matters but the fact that your mom 
we really need to be honest about that. And when we are connecting with people and building partnerships and friendships, we need to be clear on what our, our priorities are. So if you are a mom and you know for a fact that you want to give 100% when I, like, you got me now, but when I have this kid, it's all about the kid, that should be said. It shouldn't be this emotional thing that, you know, I feel this connection, I carried this baby for nine months, and now you have to understand that now that I'm breastfeeding, and now that, you know, the kid is my everything, you just have to take the back burner. Like, most men would do it, but it's wrong. But, you know, and, like, and I feel too that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. Oh, no, no, I, this is what we do. Yeah, it's but, fine. But I feel too that, like, society now, it's, it's looked down upon if you are a wife that truly loves their husband. Like, it's almost like women like to cut their husbands. Like, oh, he's a man cult. Oh, it's worse for us. Like, and just like. Like the divide. Yeah. Yes. And, and it, they, they like that. Like people like that. They think it's funny and it's cute. And, it, and if you look at a couple that is completely devoted to each other, what are people saying? That makes me sick. Look at those two. They can't really be like that. That's fake. Yeah. But that's, it, it makes no sense because everybody strives for that. And then once you get married, it, it goes out the window. Like you, that, at least, you know, I can only speak from the woman's perspective. Like now all of a sudden you're, you're cutting your husband and you're, you're putting him down and he's this and he's that and he's useless and he's lazy. And he, what happened to the person that you just committed your life? too you have more people to relate to if you go that route exactly it's i mean i don't know relatability for people is as opposed to health and being in healthy equal relationships so what are you gonna do you're gonna you're gonna be popular amongst acquaintances because you can rag on your husband definitely well yeah i mean some some people will prefer that but the reality is like you said you're going through life with this person you signed up for this person the person should be able to get the best of you, no matter what what other outside influences rock your life. Like, you know, when once as we start to as we get older, things happen. Like you said, you know, you get burglarized, family members are dying, you you, you may have a cancer scare, you may have a kid with special needs. Like there's so many different things. You may get laid off. You know, so you have to make sure that who you have around you and that in your tight circle are there to help support when something when the chip when, when the chips fall or when you need that extra support and it's not about like you know it's like Aziz and I just did a message on the move that we didn't put out yet but it's about you know men being from Mars and women being from Venus and people being okay with that you know what I mean or people being you know or or it's okay that we're that men and women are on different sides of the spectrum but to your point you're telling it, it just, trade secrets man you're telling trade secrets go ahead say that again I said you're telling Tracy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's funny that you mentioned that, that we're talking about that because we just discussed it. Like, it's not, you know, it, 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 we, it, we think it's cute that there's the divide. But what does that really mean? You know, like, how, are, are, how, how strong of a foundation is it that, I, that in order for me to connect with my friends, I have, to make it, I have to make it seem like I'm miserable at home or that my husband can't do anything. I have to watch him. You know how men are. They don't, you know, we by nature are more meticulous than men are. You know what I mean? So we're going to look at things and do things slightly different, right? But that doesn't mean that he's just full of crap for it or he's just not pulling his weight or he's he's contributing in a different way. Or if there's the guys that are aloof and then they get passes for that, well, you know how men are. Like, I ask them to get milk, they get soda. And I ask them to get soda, they get milk. And, you know, like, it's like they don't listen and blah, blah, blah. It's like there's all these... It, it, but if we're connecting on negativity, 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem in any mm -hmm. in any area, whether it's with your man, with your children. Like you see, you know, you see all these mommy blogs about, you know, it got to be five o'clock somewhere, you know, because these kids are driving me nuts and I need to drink. And you know, like it, it it's good for entertainment, but is your life for pure entertainment, or are you really living it and living it in a healthy way? It's it, it reminds me of like you know when people talk about the news. They only put the, the drama on the news yeah. and they put one side on the news. You're only seeing that from their perspective. But what's really happening? Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I was totally guilty in my marriage for doing that. Totally. And I regret that. I do. Because that was me. I was constantly making jokes like that. And now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was a huge mistake. Because it divided us. It just pushed us further and further away. You, know, you, yeah, you got people to co-sign what you were thinking. Yeah, you got people to stop by with. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they can, mm -hmm. and they have stories of their own. I'm sure, like, oh yeah, my man, like, oh my husband does, blah 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 blah. And then that 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 becomes a relationship. And yep. then you realize, like, when you're not speaking of the negativity, like, what do you guys really have in common? Like, if you're not talking about, if you're not ragging on your husband, what what what's left? Well, exactly. Or, or you go to a group of women and you're like, oh my God, I'm so in love. I met the, this great guy and he's this and he's that. And he does this for me. What do the women do? They like snarl at you. Oh, you'll see. Give it time. You'll see. Yeah. The support's just not there. You know, and, well, and it's for positive, not for positive, but for negative. No, you get it everywhere. Yeah. And that's what we mean as these really want to change is not, you know, we need to be mindful of our connections. Right. We need mm -hmm. to, if we really want to be in a healthy place, that should be, that should be seen on, in every facet of our lives, not just on the forefront, like, hey, I want to be positive, I want to be happy, you know, like, it should be, like, seen in our relationship, through our children, through our work, through who we are daily, like, that should be seen throughout, and, you know, it's so easy to connect on negative, it's so easy to say the bad things, but what about the positives, like, it's so easy to say, hey, you, you know, for me to tell somebody, oh, your hair looks a mess today, but am I saying, hey, your hair looks really nice today? You know what I mean? Like, is, are, are those are, are the compliments coming as fast as the as the the, the negative remarks on what I see? You know, and are I think it's really saying that. Are you even saying your hair looks nice and giving them a way that they can actually change their hair for the better? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Following the negativity, following is it followed by good advice or healthy advice? And everything's about you know, are you are you really working towards being in healthy relationships? Healthy and equal relationships should be a non-negotiable. Yeah. I'm in it or I'm not. And people are negotiating their their lives just to stay connected to people who are unhealthy for them. I but, think you know, people yeah, and I think people it's very easy to just kind of go with the flow and and what's fun and happy in the moment. But what are you saying? And you know what I mean? Like are you dishonoring your your partner? It, you made a vow to them. Mm -hmm. It I might mean, sound funny with a bunch of girls. But you got to go home and, and live with yourself. So I think just, you know, being able to step up and be authentic and to who you are and what you're committed to. Definitely. Well, yeah, if it's the truth, you know, and your husband already knows about it, then that's one thing. But if you're, you know, if you're, if you're not really being honest with your husband, but you're talking crap about him behind his back, and then there's nothing in place to, 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 to remedy that. There's nothing in place to get him to the place that you need him to be, then that's the issue. If you're just complaining just so you can fit in, like that, 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 that becomes the problem. I think the biggest issue is do you have a group of friends who's going to check you when you're doing the wrong thing and going to encourage you when you're doing the right thing? Yeah. Are they going to double down on your, your negative behavior? Are they going to 
really, really hold you accountable for it. And I think that's the bottom line. Do you have people around you that's going to hold you accountable? Do you, are you always the adult in the room or do you have people who are truly taking turns being the adult in the room and really helping each other be the best they can be? But I mean, that's the overall understanding, but you know, this is the end of the podcast. Oh yeah. That that happened. Girl, talk, y'all got a little loose. So I, you know, I just let it, I just sat back and, you know, enjoyed, but you know, we like to thank Jessica. Thank yes, you for, you know, thank you guys. You know, it took you a little, it took you a little time, like you said, but you know, you made it. Yes. So thanks a lot. My name's Aziz. I'm Jerry. And this is Accountable Love. Bye. Peace. Bye guys. <laughs>